This is three and five on SLC Management Podcast. Hi, thanks for listening in. This is Steve Petra, president of uh, SLC Management, and this is our latest edition of three and five. And I'm excited to have Kim Frazier with me. Kim's a managing director and portfolio manager at Crescent Capital, who, among other things, oversees their CLO business and manages those portfolios. So Kim, thanks for joining today. Sure. Great to be here. I appreciate the invitation. So we're talking about bank loans today, which of course are the underlying asset class within CLOs. So, so Kim, this loan market is heavily influenced now by, by CLOs and CLO issuance. Is, do you think that's a positive for the bank loan market or a negative, all things considered? Yeah, you're correct. CLOs now represent 70% of the bank loan market. That's up from uh, 45% 10 years ago, so meaningful increase. And we think that's a long-term positive for the loan market for a few reasons. First, CLOs are are locked up sticky capital uh, with a a typical CLO having a reinvestment period of five years and a final maturity of 12 years, so fairly long tenored vehicles. As such, they're they're not susceptible to retail outflows that could create pressure to sell the underlying loan assets. On the contrary, CLOs are often positioned to be a provider of liquidity to the loan market during periods of volatility, as CLO managers will look to buy loans at a discount to par. And you saw that happen last year, uh, for instance, during the heights of the COVID crisis. So for, for those you know, two primary reasons, we think CLOs actually help to provide stability to the bank loan market and exert a positive influence there long term. You know, one of the uh, attractions of loans, maybe especially in this environment and uh, where interest rates are concerned, is that loans are, tend to be floating rate based off LIBOR. Of course, there's a big switch in the market from LIBOR to a new standard, which is complicated. So how is that being dealt with in the loan market? How are new loans being priced and how is this going to evolve uh, as, as the market moves away from LIBOR? Sure, that's a, that's a great and very topical question, certainly. So what's clear is that one month and, and three month LIBOR will end sometime after 2021. Uh, the expected replacement rate for some time now has been SOFR, although a few other candidates have been in play as well. But increasingly, it does appear that SOFR, uh, you know, which is based off of overnight treasury repo rates, is the most likely replacement. Uh, SOFR will require some sort of spread adjustment because SOFR alone is, is a risk-free rate and does not have the credit risk embedded that the current LIBOR rate does. So some work to be done there. But just in recent news, we learned just last week that SOFR may be available as soon as this summer. The relevant regulators appear to be coalescing around supporting SOFR as the recommended replacement rate for LIBOR. So it does seem as though we're moving closer to a resolution. For now, it's sort of stay tuned. Um, you know, this topic continues to evolve you know, on a weekly and monthly basis. We expect to hear more news over the summer. And in the meantime, loan documents and CLO documents have added fallback language, which provides guidance on rates to be used in the event that LIBOR becomes unavailable and an official replacement has not been confirmed. That's not our expectation. We do expect that an official replacement will be confirmed, but there is fallback language in loan and CLO documents to deal with that unexpected event should it occur. Third and final question, bank loans are kind of the first cousin of the high-yield bond market, different structure, a lot of the same issuers. Um, and I think the markets look at each other in terms of gauging relative value. So as you look at the market valuations today for bank loans and compare that to the high-yield market, you know, what's your impression of valuation? Do you think loans are cheap or rich relative to high yield? I think it's hard to argue that bank loans are cheap right now, um, you know, certainly relative to historical levels um, and relative to some other alternatives as well. Nonetheless, you know, we do believe that the loans are attractive when compared to many of the other fixed income alternatives for a few reasons. Um, one is you think about the broader macroeconomic backdrop, the reopening of the economy, that's supportive uh, of taking credit risk. 
Looking at the loan market specifically, uh, you know, fundamentals are healthy. Uh, we're seeing rating agency upgrades outpace downgrades by a meaningful amount this year. We're seeing the default rate fall off pretty quickly, I think more quickly than many of us expected. So certainly those things are supportive of taking credit risk. And then additionally, as you think about bank loans, by virtue of their floating rate nature, uh, they have the added benefit of no duration. Um, so if you think about an environment in which rates are rising or expected to rise, we think bank loans are fairly uniquely positioned to deliver an, an attractive return to investors. Uh, so I would say, while it is very difficult to argue that the bank loans are cheap, um, you know, relative to historical levels, certainly, but we do still think they fill a need for many investors in the portfolio and are, are worth adding. Well, certainly at the beginning of the pandemic, no one would have felt that fundamentals a year later would be as strong as they are now to support those valuations. So as you know, I think, Kim, I like to ask one kind of out of the blue, wacky question at the end here. So quickly, I, I don't know if you know anything at all about cryptocurrency. I'm confused by it personally. But if you had to say, <laughs> well, Bitcoin, which is trading somewhere around 40,000 today, do you think five years from now that Bitcoin is going to be worth more or less than it is today? I would have to go with it being worth more. And I will tell you, that's that's not based on any fundamental analysis. So, so contrary to what I do in my, in my day job focused on CLOs, where everything is based on fundamental analysis, the cryptocurrency trade, you know, there just seems to be so much momentum driven by the younger generation and people moving away from traditional sort of banking and other institutions. You know, I, I think it's hard to evaluate it on the basis of traditional fundamentals and metrics. This seems to be more of a momentum-driven trade, uh, the wisdom of the crowd, you know, wisdom, I use in quotes, driving security prices more than anything. So if I was betting, I would place my money on cryptocurrencies generally and Bitcoin specifically being, being higher five years from now. All right, there you go. A Bitcoin bull and we'll look for the next CLO backed by uh, Bitcoin. So, <laughs> uh, thanks, Kim, for taking the time. And thanks everyone for uh, listening to this episode of 3 and 5. Always happy to do these. <laughs>